Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And wouldn't you know it, news is now coming out that the most restrictive province in all of Canada, the Quebec province, is now announcing that they are going to be removing the vaccine passports. Oh, wow. Quebec's... They're control freaks out there. Yeah, they're the ones that had a uh, a curfew during New mm. Year's over a period of weeks. Uh, they're the ones that have been just insane with their enforcement mm. and restrictions. Now they're saying that the vaccine passport will be dropped by March 14th. The measure will be gradually phased out over the coming weeks. Now, that's a full month from where we are today, so... Mm. I don't think you can trust these people to to actually do what they're going to say. I think they want the truckers to pull out and go yeah. home and say, "All right, they well, want we've to pull won." A Lucy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, there's a new variant. We got to bring the vaccine passport back. And of course, they could do that at any time yeah. as well, right? Omicron Prime, mm, indeed. <laughs> but nonetheless, they are saying this. Uh, Alberta, as we learned last night, had already removed their vaccine passport requirement. Saskatchewan has also announced that they are removing theirs. And uh, Ontario province has announced that as well. In fact, one of the stories we didn't get to about that is Doug Ford, who's the premier in Ontario province. You remember the crack smoking mayor of Toronto years ago, Rob Ford? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. It, was, it was really entertaining. If you ever find that video, it's pretty fun to watch. I'm sure there are plenty of restaurants that would be delighted to have business again. Speaking of Krista, he said, I cannot wait to see the look on her little face when I tell her the good news. I love my little unvaccinated muffin so much, and by changing and changing provincial health policy will definitely make up for the time I didn't buy her a pony when she was eight, he said. Wow. Despite Ford's insistence that he That got you? I actually hadn't read the story. You hadn't read it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no, it was pretty clearly satire by the end of the second sentence. Uh, but I'm going to share it anyway, just because it's Yeah, good. it's good satire. Yeah. Uh, you know, good satire has to feel like it could be real, right? Like, it's usually based mm-hmm. on some sort of kernel of truth. And, of course, the, tr- the kernel of truth here is that politicians are doing things for the, you know, the politically connected and their family members and their friends mm-hmm. and not for the average person. That's what this is sharing, and it's absolutely spot on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Despite Ford's insistence that he's caving to family as opposed to the hundreds of protesters who have ground Ottawa and Windsor's Ambassador Bridge to a halt this month, many convoy members are still claiming victory. Uh, Unvaccinated trucker Scott Longden of Calgary said, quote, Sure, Dougie says he's doing it for his daughter and her ex-cop husband, but remember, they're part of our protest, so that counts as a win for us. It's like we always say, where we go one, we go all, which is a QAnon thing, which we also believe. There must be another fundraiser that's up, uh, but there was a website we found last night. I'll see if we can pull it up that listed some crypto addresses. Uh, that people would be able to contribute to. One of them was Truckers. If you go to truckers.clouthub.com slash donate, that's truckers.clouthub.com slash donate, there are lists of cryptocurrency addresses there, and you can contribute to them, as we learned last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, The centralized fundraisers have either been frozen, taken down, or hacked, or the funds have been... uh, frozen in the banks i mean it's basically impossible for these truckers to get anything through the banking system at this point 
Yeah, the uh, the only two ways to donate that I know of is I know some people are just walking up and handing them cash. Yep. But you know, of course, you, you know, for us that would be like a like a military operation sneaking into Across Canada, the border. Um, yeah. and and crypto, you know. Yeah, and and if you just hand them cash, then it's just like one random trucker, and you don't really know what he's going to do with it. Well, if he's at the actual protest, then presumably yeah. he's going to feed himself or buy some gasoline. Yeah, right? I mean, if nothing else is, yeah, you're going to hook him up, and you know, it's good to be hooked up when you're doing activism. Activism is hungry work. If you do a talk show where it's open phones like we do, then you just kind of you understand that you you accept whatever comes in. I mean, there's going to be great callers and there's going to be not so great callers. And, you know, we hope for more of the former, but we'll deal with the latter as uh, as best we can and make them as interesting as we can. And then we get rid of them once we're done with them. And, you know, I'm I'm an old acid head. So, you know, you hear some wisdom when you're chilling with tripping people, but you also hear some inane stuff. So you're saying when people are all jacked up on that, they might be saying stuff like she is? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like Jerry Garcia said, sometimes you want to play your guitar for six hours and sometimes you just want to stick your head in a bucket of jello. I don't remember if Sarah has <laughs> admitted what kind of drug use, if any, that she's had in the past. We've had so oh, many calls with no, her. No, she did. She did. She did? What did she say? She said she had tried crack before. Uh, well, so has nobody. Mm, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, oh really? Uh, yeah, I I actually I it it was kind of an experiment. What I did was, um, I I smoked it for about a few months, and basically the plan was I would I would smoke it until the first time. It um it it drove me to violate my own moral code, which eventually mm. it did. This is Justin Trudeau speaking to an audience. I'm not sure when it was recorded, uh, but it's very, very revealing. So, I mean, no one should be surprised by this, but let's just make it clear what he believes. Even with Sun TV watching for any slip, he was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China um, because wow. their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted uh, that I find quite interesting. Even- uh-huh. Yeah, Stephen Harper's de- dreaming about a uh, dreaming about a dictatorship. What were you dreaming about, Justin? Total <laughs> control, dear yeah. dear leader, kind of stuff. And by the way, one thing you can't maybe you can hear it in his voice, but I just want to be clear: his face is really bright as he's talking. He's got like a big smile on his face, and he's really excited and talking about this topic. It's really something that turns him on. You can tell. He's getting a real jolly off of this. Wow. So This reminds me of the old uh, Bush line. Remember when uh, George Bush was in office and he was talking about, I should be the dictator or something like that? Remember he's had some sort of Mm. quickie quickie statement like that or that he wished he could be the dictator? I would have been so much more impressed with Sununu even being wrong if he'd had the stones 
to step out there and argue his damn case. Yeah. You know? Nope. He uh, he got in his car and sped off, is what he did. Brave Sununu <laughs> ran away. When danger reared its ugly head, he bravely turned his tail and fled. Sununu ran, ran away. away. Have you seen what he's doing now, though, acting like the, the brave freedom uh, advocate? He's like wow. teaming up with Jason Sorens from the Free State Project and doing press conferences about how New Hampshire is the freest state. And wearing it like a badge, like he's the one who is responsible for it, taking the credit. It's because we drug him kicking and screaming into a little bit of freedom. Basically. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, he's running for a re-election now, so he's got to start playing Mm. to his audience. So that's what he's doing. He's hoping everyone will forget what he did in 2020. I remember. Indeed. Nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. Uh, So back to the story here. The mayor of the city in Ottawa had written to one of the organizers saying residents are, quote, exhausted and on edge and that the blockades are, quote, teetering on the brink of permanent closure, unquote, for some businesses. He says, I don't believe these harmful effects on our community and its residents were the intended consequences of your protest. First, he says they must remove all trucks from the residential district south of Wellington Street and from all other residential areas, including the market, the Ottawa Baseball Stadium on Coventry, etc. Second, they must agree not to backfill the residential areas currently occupied with trucks, other vehicles, and or demonstrators. What does it mean to backfill? Meaning once they move, not go, not return? Is that um, the idea? What is I guess. Third, they must agree to not displace the truck convoy vehicles and or other demonstrators to other residential areas in the city of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So, and there's that. you know, that's just good sense. You don't want your, uh, I mean, as as a person who's organized demonstrations, one of the things that I that I tried not to do is uh, things that would get on my neighbor's last nerve, right. Um, and so it's, it's probably good for both sides if they, if they stay out of residential areas. Yeah. It doesn't seem like an unreasonable, uh, request, but then again, what is the mayor going to give them in return? Usually when you make a negotiation for something, you give a little in order to get a little, but at the very least, this, again, it's the mainstream media that I'm sharing here, so maybe there was some sort of a concession. However, this more updated story just posted today suggests that maybe that's not happening. One thing that I have uh, that's at least being said on uh, YouTube is that they are actually trying to buy up every used uh the government is trying to buy every used tow truck they can find to actually run them themselves because the tow truck companies aren't refuse. They're refusing to cooperate basically. Yeah. Although my understanding is, um, well, if their emergency, um, statutes are anything like what's come out in, uh, what I've read about what's available to the president of the United States, um, I know that in in a state of emergency, the president can basically just confiscate a private business mm. and, you know, send the military in to run it, send uh, 
whoever in to run it. Um, yeah, they were doing that during COVID where they would force businesses to start doing things like manufacture masks or manufacture uh, hand sanitizer or something like that. I forget what the mm. the act that they would... The, it's like the War Powers Act or something like that. Um, yeah, War Powers is, uh, is actually, I think the act they used to justify letting the president uh, declare war. Do you remember Joel Winters, the free state or state rep? Joel, yeah. yeah, he was one of the first uh, state representatives as as far as being Democrat. elected as a free stater. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, I don't think he's in New Hampshire anymore, but he oh, is doing man. something that's kind of, kind of cool. Mm. Uh, and uh, that is, he is, um, he is, preparing a three-week-long fast for September of 2022. Hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a fast against political violence uh, among the factions in uh, the United States. Hmm. And, and where oh. is he now, and how does he you know, plan on bring att- bringing attention to this event? Because it's hard to get attention for something like a fast if people don't really believe you're being oppressed. They'll just ignore it. Well, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that's like the independence drive in a sense that, you know, it, it, it seems like it's too far ahead of its time or it's not, you know, things aren't bad enough yet, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But he's projecting, as the rest of us are projecting, that things will get worse. And he's trying to, you know, take some kind of action. It's a fair uh, projection. At point in, mm-hmm. Yeah, at the point in time where he thinks things will get worse. Now, he thinks there'll be, you know, violence connected to the, the November election, Um and he wants to do something to draw attention to his opposition to that. I don't think it's going to be a water-only fast. I think it will be a juice fast. So it doesn't sound like it will endanger his life. What is it specifically, Dave, that you're referring to as far as news regarding library? They're Manchester-based, and they are uh, one of the, you know, the attack on them by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the right. attack by the federal, is one of the reasons why we have pushed independence legislation in, in New Hampshire. Um, so mm-hmm. this YouTube competitor, I guess they've been uh, in front of the SEC with some kind of SEC filing or lawsuit now for, uh, I think, almost 196 weeks, according to them. Right. And the library just reported that the SEC has requested another eight weeks to continue gathering evidence with which to shake them down for $2 million. Is that all they're, at, they're demanding? I didn't know that there was a price tag on this yet. I know library has spent over a million dollars on attorney's fees and, you know, the various different time and effort they have to spend requiring, or, you know, jumping through all these government hoops and the depositions and the document requests and everything like that. Where did the $2 million number come from? Uh, I mean, I just, I heard it. I just don't remember where. Mm-hmm. And it may have gone up since then. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the library, and you know, it's not like a criminal thing. They're just saying, they're claiming that the library's uh, cryptographic token is a security. Now, one of the things that Intercoin did when they first started up a little while back uh, was that they were very, very cautious about all the SEC BS that mm-hmm. they knew that they might face. Uh, and so they jumped through all the ridiculous hoops. I think that uh, library just said, look... We don't believe this thing is a security, this token that they yeah. have called the library uh, token. I mean, I, I, I haven't really looked into their marketing uh, materials or um, 
I mean, what what exactly is the role of the token within the library system? Good question. So my understanding of it, um, having been a user of library since not quite the beginning, but really early on, uh, Free Talk Live has been posting videos there for years on mm-hmm. the library system. And you need to pay to a, just a very small amount of a library token, like 1%. Of one token, and I don't know, the current price is like three cents or something like that for for an entire token. So you're paying a very, very small Mm -hmm. uh, amount of money to actually post a piece of media to the library uh, system. Mm -hmm. So so you're paying to to you know do anything right like with a lot of crypto based systems you have to pay a transaction fee to to move things and do things so there's a fee the torrent is decentralized file service um use Mm -hmm. multiple people connected together to serve files rather than just have the because the standard way of downloading a thing is you have one server in a rack somewhere on the uh the internet not necessarily Iraq. It could be Iran. <laughs> it could be Syria. Right. One piece of hardware is the responsible thing, right? And if that server goes down for whatever reason, maybe it's technical, maybe they just didn't pay the bill, your file's gone. The file that you wanted to download is no longer available. Now, of course, you know centralized solutions have uh, content manager or content uh, delivery networks where there might be more, more than one server around, but that's all still by, run by one corporation. So torrenting truly decentralizes that. But the one thing torrenting doesn't have is it doesn't have an index. They have websites mm-hmm. that do the index. So like the Pirate Bay is one of the most common ones, but that's still a centralized server. So... Now the Pirate Bay has mirrors, and there are other you know people who take the Pirate Bay's content and they put it on their site. So if the Pirate Bay main site goes down, there are alternatives. So the Pirate Bay's kind of tried to solve that problem over time, but still, the the problem with these systems is they're they're centralized at their at their core. Protocol is what nobody. How would you describe the difference? Um, a, a protocol is a set of of uh, of rules that govern. Um, how a communication or a transaction, um, happens. Right. So, uh, so for... And it doesn't care who's using it. Uh, it does not. Right. It's agnostic to that sort of thing. Whereas a platform uses protocols to -hmm. communicate, but it's, uh, used to, used by a central manager to whatever purpose its its ends are and they can decide mm-hmm. what exists on that platform. Yeah, so Odyssey is more or less the same as the client program that uh that you might have on your desktop computer to use library mm-hmm. coin. It just happens to uh to speak to library and then to transmit that information over the web instead of uh, directly from your CPU to your monitor. And Odyssey does a little bit more than that, and that's one of the reasons why they actually recently spun Odyssey off from library. It's now its own separate uh, company. I just wanted to make a couple of comments about the protests that are going on in Canada. Sure. Um, And... You know, uh, so it's it's the vaccine mandate that kind of um, pushed this in that direction. But the truth is that, um, you know, the, the average person just has no idea the kind of tyranny 
that truck drivers face on a day-to-day basis. Oh, yeah. And the regulations you guys have are insane, and that's only that's only me hearing about things on occasion. I'm sure it's even worse than what I know. It's, it's just obnoxious. I mean, for example, most people believe that the police can't search your car when you pull over. Well, if you got 18 wheels, then that does not count, you know? I mean, mm. it's just, like, there, there's just so many, like, we don't have the so-called constitution out here on the road Mm -mm. and i think that a lot of the protesting that's going on in canada um you know is just i think it's just a culmination of these guys are tired of this sure um but uh and you know i i i hope that they're working on a um on something in the united states i'm you know whatever I'll drop whatever I'm doing. I'll go to wherever I need to go to be part of a, a United States convoy or whatever. But have you heard anything? I, it, it doesn't sound like I you have. I haven't heard anything. I've heard rumors. I've heard, you know, but I haven't mm-hmm. heard anything. You're saying that you think the best approach would just be to simply have a mass strike of drivers just saying, look, we're hanging up our keys and we're staying home. We're not going to block anybody's streets. We're just not going to do anything. And and then that'll put some serious pressure, you think, uh, economically? You wouldn't want to limit it to truck drivers, though. Why not make it a general strike? What do you think, Uh, Jeff? Yeah, of course. Uh, So when when these electronic logbooks came out, it was right about the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, really? And there were a lot of drivers. It was a couple months beforehand, but there were a lot of drivers that quit over it. They said, we're not doing this. Um, mm. And I, let me tell you, over the last year, over the last two years, actually, uh, I have seen just like from my own experience, and this is, of course, just anecdotal, but uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people uh, tell me now, hurry as quickly as you can because that factory that you're going to, uh, they're shut down until you get there, waiting for your stuff. Or wow. uh, I, I get, I get approached with people that have loads for me to take, but they'll only give me a load if I've got a team, dri- another driver, because they need the stuff. Uh, you know, they don't have time for you to sleep. Time. They, they don't have, t- they don't have time. And I've noticed that the rate, the rates over la- last year, the rates have been uh, double to triple. You know, because of the pandemic, the, all the trucking schools, they closed down for like six months. Mm. And so they got like no new drivers, and they're still playing catch up from that. Oh, interesting. So there's, there, just, there, there aren't enough drivers out there right now. And there's a and, general labor shortage going on. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in uh, I mean, Cumberland Farms, the, the local 24-hour store, it's not a 24-hour store anymore in Keene. It's, it's uh, awful that they're doing that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the same thing in Concord. Mm-hmm. I talked to the guy in Cumbies in Concord, and they don't have, have the staff. Okay, so let me ask you this then, nobody, regarding the idea of a general strike. What good would it do? I mean, you basically already have people who are refusing to work is the idea that there'd well, be some sort of an you organization? Hit somebody where they're already hurt. Mm-hmm. If you hit, if you get a good shot on and and somebody's uh, bicep, for example, mm-hmm. in martial arts, you continue to work that same spot where they're where they're already hurting. So if you've got a labor shortage, and then you have um, people who would ordinarily be working. Uh, during that labor shortage saying, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. uh, that Until? makes things even 
uh, even worse. Well, I just wanted to let you know, I went out today to go check the mail, and I saw a bunch of uh, a man and a woman looking around James's car, and they went into our apartment building and served James with a subpoena. Oh, boy. It's from the, yeah, from the United States That doesn't District sound Court. tasty. It doesn't, but it's from the District of New Hampshire, mm. and uh, we're just going to, you know, it's one of those things we very rarely get served, but it was uh, the U.S. Postal Inspectors. They were serving the uh, subpoena. Those are the cops, they, the postal cops, basically. They have the their own police cops, yeah. division. Yeah, but, you know, they didn't say what it was about, but we're just going to hire an attorney. As You know, it was one of those things. They said something about the Shire Free Church, hmm. and James just said, okay, and took the subpoena. But, of course, they were like, do you know what this is about? And James just said, I have nothing to say. Because, of course, they want to get, you know, like, oh, come around and talk about whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. attorney, we're trying to get in touch with an attorney to represent James uh, to basically say he's not going to appear because he'd have to fly out from Denver, Colorado, all the way to Concord, New Hampshire, just for one day to testify about whatever they want him to testify about. Yeah, hmm. something happened with uh, Mark Edgington or Mark Edge, who's one of the co-hosts here on Free Talk Live. He was also given a subpoena over the summertime last year, not long after I got out of jail. At least this is what I hear, right? Like, I'm not allowed to talk to him, but word gets around. And uh, they they caught him, I guess, as he was getting off an airplane. You and James were living here at the studio at the time of that first raid in 2016. And I don't know, a year ago or something like that, you got everything back that they stole from you Yeah, everything from our room, everything from our room. And, uh, you know, that worked out. It would have been nice if they would have just handed it back, but we had to sue to get it back and, uh, you know, kind of force their hand. All right, well, keep us in the (laughs) loop. Wasn't I a plaintiff in in some suit that that you were doing right before the raid? Yeah. No, well, actually, yeah, that was the thing. You were going to sue because you had standing to sue. Uh, as a user of the equipment and a member of the Shire Free Church, but then you got arrested before you had a chance to file. So right. okay. uh, Mark just took over because he, you know, he has as much standing to sue as everybody else that I know. Sure, right. you, you would never think that getting your getting unrobbed from the FBI would be so complicated. Of course, they're arguing now, apparently, uh, in a motion to dismiss that Mark does not have standing to sue, et cetera, et cetera. So they're fighting uh, as much as they can in this particular case. <laughs> They've kind of admitted that they couldn't find any evidence of anything, so why do they want to keep our crap? Maybe they want to start a, a Free Talk Live too. you know, the uh, federal edition. That's the only thing I can think of, because what are they going to do with a bunch of old broadcast radio equipment? It's just computers. They don't even have, like, a set of microphones or anything like that. They just took servers. I heard that the Putin acknowledges the separatists in Ukraine. I guess they want to join Russia. So he, he, the Russians acknowledged them because they do not want, they do not want to drop bombs and kill them. Is is that why? Uh, wait, who's who wants to kill who? Okay, in other words, Putin acknowledges that there are separatists in Ukraine mm-hmm. who wants to join Russia. So it was on the news today. It was announced. And and I think the Ukrainian president it seems like he is a separatist hmm. to me. Well, it's generally safe to assume these days that anything they put on the news is a lie. Hmm. But but that's I mean that's probably true. I'm sure there are people in the Ukraine that would love to be uh, part of Russia, and I'm sure there are. there are there are people in the Ukraine who would. 
uh, who have absolutely who would hate to be part of Russia. Um, my only concern with the situation is none of our damn business and we don't need to spend any money on it and we don't need to spend any blood on it. And we certainly don't need to offer a bunch of young children as human sacrifices uh, because really what's going on is Biden just wants to wants the tail to wag the dog. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.